All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Was it only a week? Yeah. I think it was because we hadn't... We talked a lot last week. We could have done one last week, but we were kind of uninspired. Yeah, there just weren't shows. No. Although there was enough news. There was. We've got a lot to cover tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I feel like uh, like there are things that you're going to say, and I'll be like, whoa, we haven't talked about that at all. Well, there are like, things we've definitely texted about. A good example is, I don't want to g- get off on a, on a sour foot, but like the Alec Baldwin tragedy, Yeah, that happened since our last podcast. Totally. It feels like ages ago. I know. Yeah. I know. And um, there's a lot of, lot of drama going on there now, where apparently there's lawsuits saying that there were yeah. actual bullets and like stuff was well rigged. and like Dwayne Johnson very sanctimoniously takes a pledge not to have real guns on his sets anymore like what a freaking hero <laughs> it's kind of crazy that like we're playing pretend here why yes. were there ever exactly real guns exactly that's true but in general I have had an ugly feeling in my gut about the way this was publicized from the very beginning. I yeah. don't know if you sensed that in me and when we would text oh, about it. Oh, a little I bit. totally sensed it. I was like really, <laughs> really pissed about like the New York Post and their. You were their... two steps short of saying, back off, bud. <laughs> this is like. Not to this you, is someone's just life. To the thing in general. Like, it, they, there seemed to be no shame about uh, sensationalizing this thing, mm-hmm. tur- turning it into like a retroactive revenge against the trump impression kind of thing yeah oh like, yeah it's so sure. stupid and sure. like a person died yeah and yes it's it's uh, uh an insane and and tragic accident but mm-hmm. like some people saying it's not an accident other people trying to create conspiracy theories that like it was like an inside job and somebody was trying to frame alec right for an accident yeah. which seems also ludicrous there was a sim not a similar thing really actually an example of something where where something goes wrong and no one has sympathy at all for anyone but the victim um which was a NFL player got into his car at twice over the legal limit oh and uh basically was going 156 kilometers per hour and ran into the back of a young lady's car yeah. and killed her oh my god and when was this like two days ago. So he's facing oh like my God. 20 years in prison. Yeah. Oh. And so like everyone in the organization, like everyone was just like, we are so heartbroken for the family. Yeah. Like, like, and just, it's all just directed that way. Are you hearing kind of like a clipping? I am a little bit. I'm almost hearing like a, like a, pop, pop, pop. is it your Apple pencil? Maybe it's my Apple Maybe pencil. Maybe there's a frequency the coming from the Bluetooth of your pencil. Oh, Wouldn't no. that be wild? That would be wild. I don't know. Oh yeah. I'm hearing it. Huh? Anyways, not to, uh, not to take away from that, yeah, that very sad point. Wait, is that taking any of the heat off of Aaron Rodgers, who's kind of in the doghouse N- right now? No, because that happened like right before it, and then all the Rodgers stuff started coming out. Which tell is- me, tell me what you know about that, because it's my sure. it's my understanding that he got COVID. Mm-hmm. He is likely unvaccinated, although maybe he has said in the past that he was vaccinated, which creates like a real sure, yeah. So uh, so apparently he's been. Um, First of all, he he went out on Halloween, had a Halloween party, and was John Wick. I don't know if you saw. Any I did photos. see that. Yeah, kind of impressive. Sure, I like that. Yeah, he grew out his hair. We're supposed to be. It's like it's <laughs> like when he watched all that game tape of Jeopardy. Right, he grew yeah, exactly. out his hair to look like John Wick. So he ends up getting COVID, 
And it's like, yeah, that's that's too bad. NFL players getting COVID. Most of the NFL players are vaccinated. Yeah. There are some teams that are entirely vaccinated. Now, Aaron Rodgers wasn't taking any of the protocols. So you assumed to this point that he was vaccinated. Right. Apparently, he had some sort of like a uh like homeopathic routine mm. uh-huh. that the league might have co-signed. Yeah. Um but I think he was like outright saying he was vaccinated or I'm not sure if he used that exact phrasing, mm-hmm. but now people are pissed. But you know that this totally vibes with Shailene Woodley's general sensibility. Like she's always been this like drink this tea and it'll cure your nut allergy kind Is of that person. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I was quick to jump to, I wonder if Shailene Woodley had anything to do with this. I just like wouldn't have considered her to be like, an anti-vaxxer because that's such an extreme honestly if anything i would see it more from like a like a tom brady okay who who apparently is vaccinated because that entire team is supposedly vaccinated but he seems more like a guy who would say like no i'm gonna choose like this daily homeopathic routine well, to like bypass from my pov it just seems like tom brady is a republican when it suits him but he's not going to do a thing that's like dumb health wise. Cause obviously he's got like a, a very good sense of like what's right for his body. Well, exactly. I just don't know if he's the type of guy who would think that taking a vaccine was dumb health wise. I see. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, which Aaron Rodgers might have thought, but in any case, there are, are players in the NFL who haven't taken the vaccine, but they need to be tested every like 24 hours and wearing masks and taking all these extra precautions. Yeah. So there are players that are doing that, but Aaron Rodgers just straight up wasn't. So like he could be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Like there, there's a lot of um, like, you know, Stephen A, Stephen A Smith. He's a guy who's like yelling a lot on TV being like this man yeah. did not. Um, so he had like a huge thing today on Aaron Rodgers being like, he's a liar. <laughs> like, well, it seems that way, but yeah. will I guess what this is going to reveal is the hypocrisy of the NFL if they're willing to take the same um, the same measures against a star player and a quarterback as they would against some guy they just want to make an example out of. Right. Because it will be impactful on the team if the consequences that Aaron Rodgers may have to face uh, affect the success of the team. Yeah, and I don't know what the... I'm not sure what could happen to him at this point. He could be suspended, I guess, if the if they do an investigation and they say, no, you were lying. What you said was actually like unlawful yeah. and, and dangerous. Um, but my sense is that he kind of like worked it out with the league. Mm. Like they were probably aware, which also wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. NFL, not the, not the cleanest reputation, but they've no. actually dealt with COVID pretty well where it's like, if your team has COVID and, and they outright can't buy it, we're not rescheduling it. Right. You forfeit it. Yeah, you'd think that they would be pretty serious about this. Mm -hmm. Maybe he'll have to pay a fine or make a statement or something. Yeah. Yeah, I I think he will. Um, It'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out on his side. I can't believe that there are two Jeopardy guest hosts who are like notably anti-vaxxers. That between him and, and Mayim, there's like so much vaccine questionability in the Jeopardy hosting gauntlet. And is Maya, has she not been vaccinated for no, COVID? No, I think she has. She's yeah. just, there's some question there's about has, like, there's a lot she's of hesitation. An, another one of those people who's like, thinks she's smarter than the people who are the smartest. 
Right. She just continues to be so irritating. I'm not going to come around on my embiolic at this point. No. Uh, my I, heart's made up its mind. Right. How did... Um, so, there's a new guy. Yeah. Who's doing well Jonathan. after the last guy who was doing well. It's uh, He's done now. Okay. But it is the first time in Jeopardy history... Yeah. Uh, a 10-time winner followed a 10-time winner. Wow. So, Matt Amodio won like 31 games or something. Yeah. Jonathan, his last name is escaping me, won 11 games. So, like, a giant has never taken down a giant. And sure enough, after Jonathan... The lady who beat him lost her next game. Right. So it's usually just like mojo or like somebody getting the yips or something mm -hmm. when they, they ultimately lose. Um, that was definitely the case with James Holzhauer. Yeah. But yeah, like the guy who beat Matt Amodio, Jonathan, uh, is an absolutely stunning player as well. Mm -hmm. And the thing about Amodio too is like normally a guy like him would be able to cruise into uh, Tournament of Champions and yeah. it would be no contest. He was the best player of the year. Of course he's going to win. But now he's going to have to face Jonathan again. Oh, so and that's going to be a TV event. Yeah. Who's going to be hosting that? Well, Mayan Bialik was supposed to host the the, like the, tor the big right, tournament, the, the primetime events. Right. And has Jennings been otherwise doing the other shows? He hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't done anything. No, it's been all her. Wow. Yeah. So you're, you're and you're just straight up, you're not going to... Oh, I watch it, but I, I have to kind of put up with like, and she's not necessarily doing anything wrong. Right. I just have like this bad vibe from her. And gotcha. that, we've talked about it so much that I've just convinced myself that we deserve more. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. What are you watching? You know what I've been watching a lot of is uh, what we do in the shadows. Oh, fun. I just finished the third season and it is, not only is it very funny, but it's actually kind of visually impressive yeah. and like extremely creative mm -hmm. where they've got, you know, like... Christian Kristen Schaal and like Taika Waititi coming into random episodes but also there's like some of the like characters that they're building and like um like in one episode I think they were like there were like talking gargoyles and like a talking statue and also um a siren with like like a, a Greek mythology siren. Like a mermaid siren? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Except it's like half like ugly bird, half woman. Okay. Um, but all like very kind of, I don't know. I was like impressed by the sort of uh, CGI slash costume design around all of these things too. So yeah. it's kind of added like a deeper element to it. But this season also had some twists. Okay. Um, with the cast and kind of where they're going next season. I was going to ask you, how is the overall ongoing story? Like, it seems... It's to, good. It flows? It's good. Awesome. Yeah, it's okay. it's changing and, and different. And so I think I just finished the final episode, which was, like, from October 28th. Hmm. So fully caught up now. Excited about the uh, the next season. I think this was, like, my, my favorite season so far. That's, like, one of those shows that just has, like, a quiet little existence. And mm -hmm. by the time it's, it's going to wrap up in season five or six or whatever... Everyone in the world will be talking about it, and it'll be winning all the Emmys. The, yeah. like, that's one of those shows that takes its entire run to build its way there. Yeah. Kind of like Shit's Creek. You're going to start seeing articles that are like, why is what we do in the shadows? Like before the next season, like why is what we do in the shadows one of the best comedies ever yeah. created kind of thing. And I don't even necessarily think, like as far as like laugh out loud, I don't think it's, it's as funny as a lot of other shows. Right. But- the plots are like where where it's gone to and some of the the character traits that kind of continue on and grow and change mm -hmm. that's kind of why you tune into the show okay yeah is jermaine in it a lot he's the main guy he's not in it at all that's not at all that's okay. a, a british actor named matt barry who looks exactly like him 
Okay, so Jermaine was in the movie. He was in the movie. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Good. I don't know how you found time to watch anything else this week, considering mm-hmm. the assignment we gave ourselves. I know. It's it's basically what brought me out of yeah. that. Like, I needed I needed some, some milk chocolate to, to go right. with the dark chocolate kind of thing. I yeah. realized on Sunday night, oh, I need to watch three a day. I did the exact same thing. I was like, thing. oh my God, I can't procrastinate anymore. Dude, I was flying, like <laughs> any free time I got, yeah. I was like opening up the iPad and turning on an episode of I Will Destroy. Good, we'll get to Made that uh, in a second. Uh, I've been to the movies since we last did a podcast. Yes. Oh, so we've got tickets booked for Dune tomorrow night. Oh, cool. Yeah. You're going to Dune ahead of some of the other ones. Going to Dune ahead of uh, Bond. I know it feels, feels a little weird, but I'm so excited about Dune. It's got such a groundswell yeah people love it yeah it's already been greenlit for the sequel eh yeah which is not surprising i think that was probably low-key part of the deal because this movie is just the first half of the first book well apparently he like made it not knowing if the second half would be secure but he was just like he was like ballsy enough to like he was he knew that if it ended up like what he envisioned in his mind i think it was going to be greenlit well you and i were talking off mic about the resume Denis has as a science fiction filmmaker so like people want to go to his good movies it's crazy when you when you dropped sicario on me that's one where i'm like oh man he did that one too because like arrival yes blade runner yes yeah and then there's another one too isn't there yeah there might be yeah like i i went through it and i i was like god this guy is made of gold yeah he's obviously really really great and the movie is mostly getting really positive reviews yeah so that's kind of exciting. Although there's also a tone, or it's kind of a snobbery around Dune as a literary piece, where mm. it's rewarding, but you really have to work for it. Kind of like, right. kind of like Lord of the Rings, frankly, where like you, if you're going to get into this, like don't expect to coast. Right. And then there's the added level of the Dune overall series is quite marred by uh, imperfection. So it's right. like pretty widely believed that gradually the Dune books get worse as they go. Oh, crazy. Every book is worse than the one before it. Uh-huh. And then by the end of the series, Herbert died and his son has taken over and his books are dog shit. Oh my God. So yeah. it's like George R.R. R. Martin if he had a son and like exactly. continued that. Gotcha. Yeah. So crazy. I think uh, the excitement around this first movie having been a success, especially since there was this idea that maybe these books can't be adapted yeah there's some hype among like longtime dune stands that maybe denis can fix dune right and make the whole thing good right well and the the david lynch movie do you know who like one of the stars in that movie was because i just saw it the other day i didn't watch the like kyle mclaughlin kyle mclaughlin yeah also sting oh i didn't know that (laughs) yeah okay like sting is like i straight up saw a screenshot the other day because i i typed it into on demand to see if we could possibly rent it from home i wonder if there's a correlation between that and bowie being in labyrinth like it's like it's weird 80s pop stars also want to be he looks weird movie stars looks very bowie in it i should say too like his hair is kind of like red and like spiked out laura dern in that too not sure. No, because she has a David Lynch uh, history, doesn't she? Oh yeah, I think she was um, Blue Velvet. She's in one. She's of those. definitely in Blue Velvet. Yeah. yeah, I don't know him really at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a bit of a weirdo. Blue yeah. Velvet's kind of cool though. Sad, messed up, mm, scary, messed up. I don't know anything about it. Just like weird choices. Mm. Like I remember watching Blue Velvet. I watched it after I got like a procedure done, so like some of the anesthetic was still like in me. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I just want to go for like a weird movie. Okay. Uh, I picked Blue Velvet for whatever reason. And yeah, he makes like a weird choice where like there's like a 
dead person in a closet or something and someone opens the closet door and the dead person is like there with mm. like a super like surprise look like frozen on their face. Ugh. But for some reason they make the call that like the the person like doesn't see it. Okay. But it's like super well lit and like it's just so like you a, the audience are ahead of the yeah so is it a thriller is it like a there's a killer in the house kind of movie i don't know anything about blue velvet i can't think i thought it was a like a sad romance but then i realize i'm confusing it with blue valentine yeah i think it's uh what like what was the again remember the anesthetic part but yeah um i think the general vibe was like think of like greece but like uh john travolta comes into town and kind of like saves this girl but also takes on like a mob boss okay yeah so it's grease and pulp fiction yeah a little bit <laughs> it is a little bit of that but it's almost kind of like a like got like a 50s vibe to it okay as well um it's nuts this anyone who's a big fan of blue velvet is mm-hmm. slamming their iphone against the ground right now that's okay yeah you could only do what you could do you were you were on all those drugs that's right the goofballs uh, I won't say too much about uh, the James Bond movie, except for that it was very good. Um, except I don't think it's as good as Skyfall or Casino Royale. That's rough. But but it's not rough because those are such a high bar. No, but um, but just knowing that it's like the final chapter. No, it's, it's the good final chapter. It's a good final chapter. Oh yeah, you wouldn't okay. want it any different. Good. Um, and I think really my biggest issue is Rami Malek is like. I think they kind of blew their load Could on Christoph Waltz. I gotcha. think that like Christoph Waltz is still in it, but like he's not the arch supervillain yep. who is like doing the dastardly in yep. this in this movie. And so like what I like about this uh, series, this arc for Daniel Craig's Bond is that it's the first time they've really committed to a continuity for the character and a growth for the character. Right. And so it's nice that they're able to kind of conclude that arc. Yeah for the character nice and so that's where it feels very uh fulfilling and certainly uh specter would not have done that we actually watched skyfall this week i think like this past weekend my god how good is skyfall man so it's not even in the same league i started that movie thinking it was mainly like scotland like him around the house like trying to oh no that's just the climax it's like the very end yeah there's so much action like from start to finish it's like we're fighting on trains we're like oh yeah we're 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 going to beijing and like fighting in front of a big lit up like there's a big like shadow fights man it is phenomenal phenomenal it's a perfect movie it's like yeah it's one of the great action movies of our lifetime for sure yeah it was really, really solid. Better it's than I even remembered. Great song, too. And mm-hmm. then I got a little bit of Bond fever, and I went back and I watched Goldeneye. Okay. Which, I'd ever, if I'd ever seen it, and I think I had, it would have been like when my dad showed it to me when I was like a little kid. Right. And so I didn't want to go all the way back because the cornball stuff doesn't always hold up with the James Bond movies. But I mean, like Goldeneye, which is the gold standard of the Pierce Brosnan era. It's the best Pierce Brosnan. And one. it is still a good movie. Yeah. But like having just been immersed in all this Daniel Craig, like it's not the same. So much campier. Yeah. Campier. Yeah. So much campier. So Sean Bean is in it and like, and Alan Cumming is like such a silly villain in it. Yeah. He's like an internet hacker or whatever. Isn't it strange? Like the way, and then they made like the highest grossing N64 game out of that. Oh yeah. Goldeneye. Yeah. Such a cult 
thing. They're revitalizing uh, a bunch of N64 games right now okay. for Switch havers, and it's actually been met with like a lot of resistance because they've kind of taken the the easy route on a lot of it, and the quality's not really there. Gotcha. Uh, I think mercifully they haven't been able to secure their rights to GoldenEye because of the whole broccoli thing. Yeah, yeah. It's complicated, and people really want a re-release of GoldenEye 64. Um, I actually think it's better that we never play it again because it probably mm. would look like absolute horseshit. It doesn't hold up if you play it right now. Probably not. It yeah. only holds up because of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. It otherwise looks... And honestly, I always sucked at GoldenEye. It was not the N64 game for me. I've never been good at those games. Yeah. Or games in general. Not yeah. at all. Yeah, me neither, really. No, 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 no. I finished only Murders in the Building. It took me a while. Okay. Um, I think just because like I've, I'm so spoiled and I can't handle not binging something anymore. And mm-hmm. so I could not get down for the life of me what night it would come out. And so I just decided halfway through the season, kind of like what I did ahead of uh, Ted Lasso 2. Um, no way. I'm just going to wait until it's done. Maybe I'll get around to it. And enough people were asking me, have you watched Only Murders in the Building? That really? I figured I would. Oh, yeah. It was really popular. Huh. Yeah. I hadn't had anyone ask me, though. It's it's pretty gratifying in the end. Like yeah. once you kind of succumb to its silliness and it does have silliness. Sure. It's great. It, the writing's pretty good and you care about it and they craft a really good story. I saw somebody put on Twitter that um, Steve Martin saw a vacancy for like uh, New York set uh, comedic murder dramas yeah. when... Uh, Woody Allen got yanked out of the picture. No and way. And he completely jumped at it. And that's a really good comparison. Yeah. Yeah. It's just very stylish. And, and actually, Selena Gomez, who's not a great actor, kind of grows on you. And mm-hmm. it's good. Yeah. I didn't hate her in the first episode. No, no. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's been the bulk of what I've been watching. But I did see a couple of movies. I watched the movie Our Friend. Oh, is that the one with uh, Jason Siegel and Casey Affleck? Yeah. And Dakota Johnson. How was it? Well, I, I like a movie that can mist me up. Like, mm. I, I, I kind of wanted to see if it would make me feel a whole bunch of things. And I really like Jason Siegel. Yeah. I like Dakota Johnson, too. Um, it's just what they're calling despair porn. Ah. And in particular, in the conversation around Casey Affleck not being able to climb out of that hole. Right. Like, he's just in these movies that are, like, not about somebody who's sad because someone died. Movies about someone who is broken because someone was taken away. Right. Like... like it is so sad. Oof. It's so sad. Really? Yes. It's Manchester by the Sea all over again. I mean, kind of. It's not inherently as sad as if the Manchester by the Sea thing happened to you. Right. That's a, that's the saddest thing you can imagine. Right. But what, Which I haven't seen, by the way. But you, you don't know what happens in Manchester by the Sea? I'm assuming someone kills themselves and it's is. Oh, you sad. really have no idea. No, I have no Dude, no. Clear. The saddest thing you can imagine happening in a movie happens to Casey Affleck before the movie starts. And that's what the movie's about. Ugh. Oh, you have no, no idea how sad it is. No, I've, it is. I can't. It, I was imagine. in the theater and I was like, I can't believe this is what the movie's about. Oh, God. It, and so it really makes like Casey's Casey Affleck's wife having cancer seem like, I don't know, the magic kingdom, honestly. Oh, my God. But still another movie about despair. Right. Yeah. Huh. I want you to know so much what, <laughs> about Manchester about by what the happens sea? in Manchester by the Sea. I mean, you could tell me, but I don't know if I, I don't know. If... Uh, you just love Boston movies so much that you're going to see it someday. I don't know if I will. I think I was kind of intentionally avoiding it. Dude, 
he gets drunk with his buddies and he sets his house on fire oh. and kills all three of his children. Oh my God. <laughs> That's Manchester by the sea. Oh. And then his wife leaves him for obvious reasons and she has a new baby. That is a horrific yeah. start it's like, to it, a When you movie. realize that, because it's a flashback, when you realize and all the, through the movie, you're like, why is he so sad? Obviously something's terrible happened around he, his divorce and like maybe they had a kid who died. And when you realize that no, they had three kids who he killed with his drunkenness. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he just has to keep on living. Yep. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. I thought, yeah. I, <laughs> I assume somebody maybe died or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I assumed he, he was witness to, like, his wife killing himself or, or killing herself or something. The wife like, is Michelle Williams. She's amazing in that movie. Yeah. But it's one of those movies that you never need to see ever. And certainly right. you don't need to see it again. Oh. Yeah. And that's true of our friend too, by the way. It's right. just like, it's not it's not going to enrich your life. It, the acting is good. And right. actually Jason Siegel's is very good. And Dakota Johnson's very good. Affleck's the low point, I feel comfortable saying. Yeah. But uh, it's just not worth your time no. or your energy. And then I watched Cruella. <laughs> oh, wow. Which okay, rules. what do we think? You loved it. Cruella rocks. You yes. love the origin story of Cruella DeVille. Yeah, I do. You love Cruella DeVille being humanized? Yeah, because honestly, without giving anything away, she kills all three of her children in a house fire. Just uh, <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> no, without giving anything away, they kind of pivot a little bit. They kind of create an alternative Cruella DeVille. Like, this this woman doesn't skin puppies. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they... Some some of the origin story, you're like, I can't believe it. No, no, this is so dumb. But just the style of the movie is so good. And Emma Stone is so good yeah. in everything. Somebody on, on Reddit described it as uh, Lemony Snicket's The Devil Wears Prada. And that's bang on. That's exactly okay. what Cruella is. Okay. Yeah. Fair. I like that. And. Oh, no, it was Glenn Close. It wasn't Meryl Streep. I'm sorry. It's okay. Glenn Close was a... Uh, she was a producer on the movie. Oh, all right. Yeah. And they're she already working on doing another one. Wow, another Cruella prequel? Made a bunch of movies. Yeah, or a bunch of, a bunch of money. Um, hmm. I, I kind of thought maybe they shouldn't do a prequel. They should do a post-101 Dalmatians next. Yeah, what happens to her at the end of that? Uh, she crashes her car. She loses. <laughs> oh, dang. I think she ends up like sitting in the snow with a wrecked car. I think that's the last we see Cruella. Right. I'm never yeah. going to be able to kill dogs now. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh, and the new Succession I just watched last night. I managed to squeeze in I meant a, to bring a, that up. an episode of something else this week. Succession? This episode of Succession, I think, was the best episode of Succession we've ever had. I think I, it was would, my favorite. I would agree with the exception of the Yacht episode last season. The Yacht episode was is, really good, which I kind remarkable. of forget now. Yeah. If I would have rewatched it, I, I'd have a better, a I, more clear idea. It's interesting. We can continue this conversation week by week because I know last time I was like, oh, I'm team Kendall. And I still am, but in a very different way now because like he's just so manic and having an absolutely like narcissistic meltdown. Totally. Um, and Watching him rewatch that that z z way show yeah being like no no guys it's funny i can't wait to show you what and then he's like totally fixated on it exactly get away it's, from it. it's clearly eating him alive yeah. he's like trying to seem tough or like just the fact that like good tweet bad tweet is a game he plays with right his staff. that one sucked that <laughs> one sucked i made me laugh so hard and i love cousin greg throughout the whole like first half of the episode 
talking about the watch. Yeah. Is he going to buy the watch? I don't know. My wrist always, people always say my wrist looks a certain way and, and now I'm not sure. He ends up having to buy it for himself because he like has talked himself into getting this watch he thought Kendall was going to buy for him. And it's him. a $40,000 watch. Yeah. So I was trying to figure out what kind of watch it was. Like it's not a Submariner if it's 40 grand. No. I mean, it'd be like an Audemars Puget or whatever yeah. kind of thing. Actually, it looked like that. It was very uh, titanium looking. Yeah. Um, we finally got uh, Greg and Tom back together, although, albeit briefly. They had a little scene together for the first time this season, I yeah. think. That was good. Yeah. I like, uh, man, I think Greg is maybe who you're supposed to cheer for, just because he's all of us. Oh, I think Greg could, could win the whole Game of Thrones. I think I th- that... I think that he... I think that that might be like... Or Tom. I actually am kind of waiting for Tom to really throw Shiv under the bus. You know what was funny? Like the whole the whole scene where the FBI is raiding the building. Yeah. And I'm going to try to move this iPad away because I feel like it is creating I some think fuzz. it's creating a frequency, yeah. Oh, now it's really going. I think excuse me, we're touching it. Okay. We're good. I think we're good. Yeah. Um, I think when he was uh, talking to the whole staff, mm-hmm. like being like, hey, you know, you guys are... Like, no matter what's going on upstairs, you guys are, like, who we're focusing on. Then they're having the dinner. God, I don't know why that's happening. Me neither. It's upsetting. And then they're they're having the dinner. I can put this iPad out in the... I don't know if that's the reason, though. Now you put it away. Whatever. We'll try and live with it. Sure. The people might not be hearing it. That's right. Yeah. Sorry, people. Um, Anyways, when he's talking to his whole staff, I was like, wow, he actually kind of seems like a leader. Who does? Tom. I think so. He doesn't kind of seem like a dumb idiot. I haven't thought he was a dumb idiot for a long time. I think he just needs respect. Yes. I really think that he's going to throw Shiv under the bus at some point. Because, like, he needs to climb out from her thumb. Like, he really loves her, and that's getting in the way of him getting uh, any trace of power within this family. I don't think that there's any chance that the season, or that Kieran Culkin... Uh, Roman ever gets no. to the top. No, he's really he's like removed himself from contention. Well, he keeps screwing it up. Like he yeah. has, he has, he seems to be so gutless, right? Right. But then he made that phone call to his dad in the second to last episode, and immediately his dad was like, "Oh, this guy's a worm. He can't." Right. Yeah, he's too soft. Understated Jerry episode. Yeah, where she got so confrontational, like three times. Mm-hmm. That yep. was solid. No, I know. Roman, uh, Kieran Culkin's hosting SNL this week. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a host next week who I, I don't even think I recognize the name. Jonathan Majors? Yeah. Uh, Lovecraft Country. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Kieran Culkin, yeah. That'll be interesting. I think I it'd think, be good. He's funny. Be funny. Yeah. 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 I hope so. I hope you, he you references know, when his brother I was going to say, you know the lore child. about when Culkin's host yeah. SNL. Yeah. Yeah. He needs no cue cards. That's how the story goes, that that Macaulay Culkin's dad was the manager, and he refused to let uh, Macaulay use uh, cue cards, which runs SNL. Right. And because Macaulay couldn't use them, nobody could use them. And they just, for some reason, went along with that. Right. Yeah. (laughs) What an insane move. Yeah. That was, those were like the Olemeyer years or whatever. You need this 11-year-old to host SNL so badly that you're going (laughs) to... Like completely throw your cast to the dogs. Yeah, to his dad. To his dad. Yeah. No, he's I. Um, Kieran Culkin's obviously so funny. I think that's going to be really excellent. Uh, the Catherine Han Joan Rivers series is Kaputsky. Yeah, she bailed on it. No, well, allegedly they just weren't able to secure funding for the show. I think it's a soft exit on the show. Like, look, this is just going to be 
problematic from this we don't want to be involved news. in that let's just not do it yeah um the renaissance continues with brendan fraser being cast in batgirl there we go so that's good wait who's in batgirl i don't know is this a it's tv like a, show or a... no don't get confused with like the wb <laughs> yeah like, that's I, what i was getting no i think with. it's going to be a legit movie they're finally going to do a batgirl movie like okay. with, maybe within the Pattonverse, okay. Pattinson verse, yeah, or maybe uh, like within the Henry Cavill verse. I'm not sure. Okay, but Brendan Fraser is now going to be in like a big time superhero movie and a Martin Scorsese movie. Like the Renaissance is here. Have you seen the Lightyear trailer? No, I haven't. Is <laughs> just a teaser trailer? That's a pretty long trailer, actually. Oh, so, do you remember what Lightyear is? Yeah. Okay. It's Chris Evans yep. as Buzz Lightyear in live action. Not live action. Not live action. It's a Pixar movie. Okay. But they want you to know that, look, this is not the toy voiced by Tim Allen from the Toy Story movies. It's the real right. astronaut if, if Buzz Lightyear on which was, the, action, right. the action figure is based. Except there wasn't a real guy named Buzz Lightyear on which the toy is based. In truth, this guy is based on the toy because they've made this movie... Like pretending it's a biopic, but it's a Pixar movie. It's so wacky and weird. <laughs> really? And you watched you watched the trailer. What the did you think? Trailer looks good. It You're looks like, kind of okay. cool. I think it's a better idea for spinning off Toy Story than doing more sequels in that franchise. Mm-hmm. And I think Chris Evans is a good pick. Nice. Yeah. You were you were very like anti. I think at the beginning. I'm, I'm, it's nice to see that you're kind of coming around to it. I, I have my reservations. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Sure. The, just in premise, it's kind of ridiculous, but yeah. I don't want bad things for it. I nice. think it's kind of an interesting idea. One thing that I like sc- like screamed show show conversation to me uh, was the, speaking of teaser trailers, the one that dropped for Atlanta. I didn't watch it. Oh. I kept seeing it and thinking, I'm going to go watch that later, and then I kept forgetting. Dude, even without context, because it doesn't give you any context naturally but it just is like weirdly haunting uh-huh. like it seems like one of those it all it seemed post-apocalyptic i so prefer though <laughs> when when atlanta is slice of life and not trying to be something genre specific like i don't like the teddy perkins episode that's exactly what this was it was trying to like so it seemed like it took shots from an episode where an alternate reality kind of thing happens okay and they spliced it together, and that's the trailer for the third season. I'm also concerned, and I don't have any basis for this, but I'm worried that they're going to start downplaying Donald because mm-hmm. he wants to be more of an auteur. Right. Exactly like they did with Aziz in Master of None 3. Yeah. I mean, it's it's possible. I will say that I think there's there's more legs with like... Like Keith and... Yeah, and... Yeah. and uh, Paperboy. Brian... Tyree Henry. Brian Tyree Henry. Yeah. Um, definitely think there's there's more legs there, but... Um, you would have thought uh, there'd be legs with Lena Waite too, though. Uh, yeah, you're right. I think they just chose like the more most like morose yeah. and kind of like slow moving path, mm. which I guess, I don't know, that's art. Mm. But <laughs> but um, this, yeah, this seemed really crazy. And it, he tweeted, I don't know if you saw any of this. No. Oh, man. He had some juicy tweets that he deleted. Who did? Donald Glover. Oh, I didn't even know he was on Twitter. Yeah, okay. so so he he like released the the trailer and then tweeted like never forget y'all compared uh Atlanta to Dave. Oh. And then was like Dave to Atlanta. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave to Atlanta, like no disrespect here. And then it was like, Sounds like disrespect. Then it was like, but seriously, we got people like saying that they like Dave better. <laughs> like Dave is on. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Like, have they ever even coexisted the two shows? And and Jen Jen made a good point. She was like, you know, I like I I know what people would mean by making that kind of comparison. Although I don't think it ever goes quite as deep. It's all like Dave is always sillier. Also, Dave Atlanta. is a single character study about a guy and his anxieties. He happens to be a rapper, but yeah. like, I don't think we're even doing as deep of a character study on Earn in Atlanta. It's about this no. group of people. And I guess their culture. Like, the, did, did the, you watch the first two seasons of what? Of Atlanta. I've I've seen all of Atlanta. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I love yeah. that you knew Earn because I I wouldn't have remembered Earn as the character's name. I think I just always remembered because it it's like a weird name, and he like wants that money, and his yeah, name yeah. is Earn. Yeah. You know what I remember every time? Anytime I hear the name Paperboy. Yeah. Paperboy, Paperboy. I got all that Paperboy. <laughs> it's an earworm. <laughs> yeah. It's it's in there. Uh. I don't know. Like that sounds like un, like an unnecessary beef. Totally. And he yeah. deleted it. Yeah. So maybe that's like. Maybe he but just like yeah. Maybe he just thought like oh people are taking this to be like shade and I don't want it to be. I feel like he probably must have reached out to Little Dicky after that yeah. to be like sorry man like maybe because that was kind of uncalled for. But you should look up the tweets. I look up the tweets. I gotta look up the trailer. It's crazy. I haven't seen that trailer. I saw a cute trailer today for a movie called Eight Bit Christmas. Okay. which is narrated by Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, it seems like it's going really hard for being the new Christmas story, mm-hmm. but instead of wanting a BB gun, it's about the late 80s, and it's wanting a Nintendo entertainment system. Whoa. And it's about this whole like group of kids that are just trying to get their hands on an NES for Christmas, mm-hmm. and it's told retroactively like by this dad like talking to his little girl, telling the story of what Christmas was like when I was a kid. Yeah, It looks really cute, and it's going to nice. be on HBO. Yeah, That's cool. Uh, uh, Hallmark Christmas movies started up like October fifteenth this year. Wow. Okay. And Jen's watched probably seven of them. God love her. That's Maybe great. ten. Wow. Yeah. So uh, our radio station flips to twenty four hour Christmas music mm-hmm. at some point, and um, all I'll say is that uh, I have one more day before a week's vacation. Okay. So I'm working tomorrow. Yeah. And then I'm off for a week. Uh, which means tomorrow is my last day not playing Christmas music Ugh. in twenty twenty one. Wow. So, yeah. That's crazy. I went into Starbucks today. Mm-hmm. Not to make a whole like, you know, I'm not I'm not trying out my bits. Got on. one of those secular paper cups. It was crazy, mm-hmm. man. Like it it was like an arts and crafts studio in there. <laughs> and I'm like, Halloween, it was literally on Sunday. Yeah, I know. Man, we used to wait at least 11 days. We still will. It'll go like all balls to the wall after Remembrance Day. But yeah, it is starting to come out so. in the stores. You'll see it. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if like COVID moved that along faster. Like, I don't know. People are like, we're just ready for a Christmas where we can all get together. I this just, is like the one that we're excited about. I do think it's a little early. But at the same time, I don't want to be one of those people who needs to die on the hill of it's too early for Christmas. No, no. Some people right. like... It is weird to me when people want to put up their Christmas tree in like September or whatever. Yeah. But like other people make it their mission to be like, no. I'm the opposite How of this. How dare you? No, it's way too early. <laughs> so tough. Just Whoa. Freaking relax. Who is that guy? I want to talk to that guy for a little bit longer. <laughs> it's my new character. <laughs> Who hurt you? <laughs> he takes my a, dad. takes a lot of roids and yeah. he's unhappy in general. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the other thing, I can't believe we're not climbing out of what we've been watching. But I watched uh, the first episode of the new season of Love Life. 
with oh yeah William Jackson Harper I've only seen the first one okay um it's kind of a drag yeah but I mean the show last season also had the tendency to do that here and there like some episodes would be kind of light and she'd be like lucky in love and other episodes yep. it wouldn't be going so well and like I think the show kind of has to kick off in a sort of downturn because it needs to get him on a new right. road um so I'd like to see the second one he's so good oh yeah William Jackson Harper he's but awesome. uh yeah it's also interesting because they like subtly integrate Darby who is Anna Kendrick oh yeah she's like kind of there it's like a, a universe yeah it's a universe and you know what's interesting so in preparation for this week's podcast i went back and i listened to the last time we did a podcast about i may destroy you which was about a year and a half ago whoa and we were talking about the end of season one of love life okay and we were uh hypothesizing what they could do in season two and you, do you remember what you said? I don't remember at all. You said, I think they should make the star like Daniel Kaluuya or something. Oh, yeah. I feel good about that. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good prediction. Instead, Daniel Kaluuya became an Oscar winner. Yep, And sure. Cheedy is the star of Love Life now. Love Cheedy, though. Yeah. Want the best stuff for him. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like there was one other show that I meant to bring up. Just but like can't a, now. Like a couple more little things we could talk about. So so wait, is Love Life season two? Is there is that like halfway through or did you catch it after I, like episode no, one? No, I think there's four of them out now, but they okay, are coming cool. out weekly. Nice. Yeah. I'll try to, uh, I'll, I'll look that up. Four is a good place find. to start because then you can get a little jump start. You don't have to cruise through the whole thing. Yep. But yeah. Um, Robert Downey Jr. and Matt Damon added to Christopher Nolan's movie Oppenheimer. So we now know that um, whatever Oppenheimer means, Killian Murphy is playing the titular character and... Uh, Emily Blunt is in that. So that cast is loaded. Mm -hmm. I think it's just going to be about like the, the birth of the atomic bomb and the struggles oh, is, that is that what Oppenheimer means? Robert J. Oppenheimer. Yeah. Created the atomic bomb. He had that hmm. death or that, uh, like apparently when he dropped it, he said, you know, he quoted like, I, I am death destroyer of worlds or something as like a, oh, like, okay. like he knew that it was cause he was a, he was a Nobel, like he was a scientist and I don't think he really wanted to do it. I think he had alternative, uh, I think he wanted to, to somehow, you know, bring peace. And then he ended up creating a, a bomb. He created the most dangerous weapon in mankind history. That's right. Yeah. And, and it gave him a God complex. No, no, I think quite the opposite. Oh, okay. I think he went on to like, try to kind of reverse everything that he did as a result of it i am death destroyer of worlds sounds like a god complex no he he was kind of quoting it being like i'm a shitty person oh i, I see. think okay i think that's kind of what he was i killed mankind yeah oh that sounds rough although i'd like to see christopher nolan's take on it i could be misquoting that too that that's there's ample room for jade to explain a thing there uh Christopher Columbus, who is the director of the first two Harry Potter movies, has talked about wanting to do a Cursed Child movie, but he wants to wait the decades necessary for the original trio to play their characters appropriately. Okay, and how old would they have to be at that point? Like in their 40s. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, like another like the thing eight is, years kind of thing? Well, that's a good point. Yeah, I maybe it's not as far away as I was considering because they're not kids anymore. Um it's a kind of a safe thing to say because nobody's asking him to like get this in development now. Right. Probably it'll happen someday. Mm -hmm. It probably will. Yeah. The thing is, everyone's like, nah, thanks, man. We all hated it. Right. We all hated the experience of doing all the Harry Potters. No, I mean the uh, the fan base. Like oh, all pretty gotcha. widely, though, at least those who haven't seen the stage show visually 
Everybody agrees that as a piece of literature, the story, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, mm-hmm. sucks. Yeah. So don't make a movie out of it. Right. Right. I mean, you got to gotta go, well, I mean, well, well, then what's the worst thing that can happen? You release something that ends up being a pleasant surprise. That's a good point. Yeah, With a low bar. Stakes are low. Yeah, well, yeah. And that'd be a rare example of where a studio might actually fund something that has a low bar. Well, hey, Dune had a, I mean, Dune was famously a, yep. a flop. Mm-hmm. So it was like, at that point, it was probably like, yeah, I'll take on Dune, see what happens. I'm really curious to hear from you if you have any sense after seeing this movie why it would be so hard to adapt. Other than that, yeah. it would require like a big budget and a great imagination. But like certain books, you know, like Kurt Vonnegut books don't really make good movies, yeah. but they're great books. Yeah, There are other writers like that, but like because Dune is this sci-fi adventure mm-hmm. that appears to kind of like inspire a lot of Star Wars character tropes as well. Yeah. Like what? why is that so hard to turn into a good movie? Well, I don't know if this, it's the same with Dune, but with a lot of Vonnegut books, you have this narrator who's kind yeah. of like a, a disembodied well, no, he, he's a real person and he like introduces himself at one point yep. and it kind of makes sense. Um, so I think that might be hard to do with uh, with movies. I remember thinking when I was reading the first Hunger Games book, yeah. how in the world is this going to make a good movie? It's uh-huh. pretty much all just Katniss alone in the woods thinking about stuff. Uh, okay. And then it did make a pretty good movie. Yeah. And so they might have had to write some stuff in there. Yeah, probably. But um French Dispatch saw the trailer for that too. And I'm looks... going to that this week when I'm on oh, vacation. I'm definitely going to that movie. Nice. Yeah, it looks it looks really funny. I liked Absolutely. the the Owen Wilson kind of explaining the town. I thought that was really funny. Well, and it's an omnibus kind of. It's not really one story. It's just like a. I mean, it's it's a love letter to the New Yorker, and so like it's actually a series of shorts, gotcha. the whole movie. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't even really know that. Yeah. So that's kind of exciting. And then there's Chris Pratt voicing Garfield to much public uh, I don't think I knew this. Oh, really? So you know he's doing Mario. Yeah. Everyone was like, why? What? No. And now he's doing Garfield. Garfield. Everyone's like, why? What? No. Don't do that. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's not a move I'd advise him to make. I don't think so. No. Uh, James Michael Tyler, Gunther, passed away. Yeah, that's sad. And uh, Peter Scolari passed away. Can you... Can we... Get a breakdown of who Peter Sklari is. Really bosom buddies. That's, gotcha. That's what he's best known for. And uh, Tom Hanks was on Jimmy Kimmel the other night, and he had a really sweet moment where he talked about Peter Sklari a little bit. I don't know if he did a ton afterward. Um, but they remained friends. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think definitely. Very cool. Do you want to talk about this show? Sure, yeah, let's do it. This is a wild thing that we decided to do. Yeah. We were racking our brains trying to think of an area where we had a bad take about a show. Yeah. And um, I don't even know if we had a bad take. I don't know if we said like this is not a good we didn't watch. we didn't give it our S though. I went back and I checked. Yeah. And what was our kind of justification around it? Was it just like it's not like it's not like it's terrible. No, it's just, and, and and that is what we said. We're like, yeah. I can see how this has value, but it, it just based on the first episode, it feels chaotic and yeah. and stressful. Uh-huh. And and I by the way, I still felt that way rewatching the pilot. Because yeah. I rewatched it, obviously. Did you rewatch it? I didn't oh, yeah. rewatch it. You just started on episode three? I got like four episodes in, and I was like, it's going to come together. I read the like episode recaps. Well, maybe and that, it, it did. Maybe that was the right thing to do, because in rewatching the pilot, I had the same feeling, which is like, I can't figure out who anybody is. Mm-hmm. They introduce a lot of people they like, do. right Almost away. Almost the most people. 
Everybody. Yeah. And then like this uh, this character Simon, he's very prominent in the first two episodes, and he's, he seems like he's going to like have a huge impact on the show. Having finished the whole series, I still need you to tell me why they needed Simon in this show at all. Right. And and was Simon the ex boyfriend? Were they exes? I think so. Okay. So we're talking about I May Destroy You, <laughs> which won the Emmy and it just received so much critical acclaim. And so we decided, let's go back and like really like sit ourselves down and focus and watch the entire 12 episode run. Yeah. Um, and so we've done that. And so here two four will be like tons of spoilers about I May Destroy You. Yeah, I think we I think we said kind of like, what is the show that we keep? seeing and going okay we actually that's the one we haven't watched yeah so we should probably circle back and watch the full season to be like fully uh in the know on what's happening and so i knew that it was a show about about rape culture and it's it's very clear because it happens in the first episode she goes out partying and she uh has something put in her drink while she's at the bar and then she gets sexually assaulted and so the first episode ends with her beginning to remember that yeah. And it sets you on the expectation that this show is going to be singularly focused on her getting to the bottom of that experience. Yeah. Like hangover fashion. Totally. And it's really not about that. It's It ends up being about everything. Absolutely. <laughs> it's That's one facet that is obviously like a, a dominant uh, like story membrane throughout, but it's really just about... Arabella and and also her friends in general. Yep. The show is for sure about um I guess how this age, mm-hmm. this era is recontextualizing what honesty is of the self. Yeah. That's a good um, way of putting it. Um and also it analyzes all these different versions of how people are manipulative in intimate contexts and so being you know raped in a bathroom stall is obviously the most egregious and obvious example of that Mm -hmm. but like there's all these other tiny nuanced versions of that that her friends experience and she herself experiences yes yeah and is is perpetrator of victim of on all sides sanctimonious like uh, arbiter of like yeah. there's that whole halloween episode where oh my god where she, she is like uh she she goes to be she's essentially like the biggest influencer yeah who is like preaching on and i was like man this show is getting crazy and then like the, it's not a vain episode she really chooses to be unlikable totally. in that episode. and there yeah. there are like you're going through like i think by the end of it you've gone through a full year or like a year yep. and a half yep for sure kind of thing um and it's uh yeah you're right you and you see her reach kind of different levels of confidence and and unsuredness certainly some low points too definite yeah, yeah definite low points um and like i don't know i suppose like redemptiveness like the, the whole episode where she like very quickly outs her kind of writing partner a coach Mm-hmm. as a rapist and then circles back reads this book becomes obsessed with that because that's kind of her personality that was a good twist by the way that was a great twist yeah and as soon as you saw him did you know because i figured it no, out no it took me it took me basically until she figured it out so okay. what happened is uh after she's assaulted and she's like 
this is the other thing that's looming over the show is that she has a deadline and she's not meeting it. Like right, she, not she, doing it. she has a book deal and she's not getting the writing done and her publisher and her agents are like putting a lot of pressure on her, but she's pushing it off. And so they hire this guy to basically help her right. write the book and they hit it off and they're not really being productive together, but they do hook up. Mm-hmm. And when they're having sex at her place, he takes off the condom last minute, mm-hmm. kind of under the pretense of like, thinking that she'd be okay with it. Right, like, uh, I thought you knew, uh, and, and right. just, like, kind of mentioned that after the fact. Well, and it's important to note that even she's not super pissed about it until she later finds out that that's a version of sexual assault. She listens to a podcast, like, yeah. the next day where she's people like, are talking They keep it. hanging out the next day, and then she decides that she's uh, she Get feels very bam. violated by this. And so at a talk, and this is episode five, and mm-hmm. at this point I'm starting to be like, is this going to be a slog? Because it takes until episode five of 12 yeah. for her to do something big. Yes. And she outs him. And she, and, and so what happens is like throughout the rest of the series, she's reading this book and she's like really moved by it. Yep. And when she finishes it, she really wants to meet this woman who wrote the book. And she sets up a meeting with the woman. And it turns out it's this guy writing under a ghost name. And it's not even really throughout the series. It's after the Halloween episode where she becomes kind of the worst version of herself where she's like, you know, really like talking about like doxing everyone. Yeah. On, on Twitter and stuff and like recording videos and forgetting who she is and judging everyone, even her friends and like judging everyone. Yeah. Um, and she goes to her therapist. Her therapist is basically like maybe quit social media. So she mm-hmm. does that at the end of the episode. The next episode, she's like obsessed with reading this book. Yeah. She's doing it like in a two minute break in a in a class, which I was like, wait, what are you doing? Like a workout class. Right. Where she's like on the floor, she grabs the book and starts reading it. And so I'm like, oh, she's become obsessed with something else. That's right. like her new thing. It obviously really speaks to her. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yes, finishes the book. It's like, man, that was the best book ever. Goes to the publisher who, you know, pretends to kind of be an ally of mm-hmm. everything that she's about. Uh, and then you learn that, you know, the person that she outed was actually the the writer of that book. Yeah. And he's sorry. Yeah. And they kind of hang out again and he kind of helps her get going again. Yeah. Um, and then she doesn't really take a downturn again in the series, which is nice. Right. Can we talk about Kwame? Yeah. My favorite character. A lot of nuance there. Oh my god! I think I think that that was actually the high point of the series, and that actor is really good. He sure. had he oh, had yeah. like a look on his face at times where it was like, oh, I can feel his pain. Yeah, yeah. So Kwame is like her bud, mm-hmm. who's uh, like very active on Grinder. Yeah. Like he's constantly like meeting guys on Grinder and hooking up, mm-hmm. and he knows this other guy who he like kind of likes, and this guy kind of likes him, but like he's like a a big tough guy, and so mm-hmm. like he's maybe nervous about like he has internalized homophobia basically and so like he arranges this like three-way yeah and this other guy gets uncomfortable leaves and as soon as the his friend leaves Kwame yeah. gets sexually assaulted by this guy they met up with yeah um and oh that freaking ticking is so know, annoying it like, isn't it so consistent though, i don't know what's like... happening um and so then for the rest of the series he kind of lives with like what does it mean to be sexually assaulted uh, is that in fact what happened where like I'm a right. man and so like the, I reported it and had like a really bad experience they were not sympathetic and like yeah. that that's partly because he's a man for yeah. sure and be, but because also like the meetup was consensual mm-hmm. 
like, does that mean also that what went down at the meetup was consensual? Right. I mean, we know and that, he's, that it doesn't mean and that. And he's but. got a friend that's dealing with something that, that he's like, is that worse? Do I bring this up? Right. Because, like, maybe what she went through is actually worse. And, and he's Googling it. And so he just goes through this whole thing where he just doesn't feel safe around men. Yeah. Like, at, at, at a party, uh, Arabella, like, very... Uh, uh, naively locks him in a room with another dude, like hoping they'll kind hook up. It's funny. And he kind of yeah. has a panic attack. He doesn't, this other guy was not a bad guy, but he did not want to be locked in a room with them. Right. And so Kwame decides that he's going to try dating girls. Yeah. And so he wants to basically, he feels safer with women. So he's going to like try and hook up with a girl mm-hmm. to like clear his head. Yeah. And so he meets a girl and they kind of hit it off. Right. And she seems cool at first. On the, yeah, on like a dating app. Yeah. And they go on a date and they have a nice time. And she's like very overtly trying to fuck him. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they they do. And then she finds out that he's gay and she feels really violated. And mm-hmm. so that be- brings in this whole new version of like what it means to manipulate somebody to get in their bed. Yeah. Um, and she does not forgive him even when she sees him later in the series. Right. Yeah. It's, um, and that's what Arabella really judges him for on Halloween. Like she like kind of carpet bombs their friendship for an episode. Totally. And even in the final episode when he's like kind of found like peace with his like partner who ends up like, you know, starting a grinder date by like cooking him a meal and being like, there's more than he basically gets a boyfriend instead of like, like a, and, and, fuck buddy. and he convinces him like you know there's there's more to this like yeah he's like whoa whoa back off like let's eat a meal first i right. just made you a meal dude and the guy's like whoa what like were you, Kwame's were you like, so mad when he hands him the nice plate of food and immediately kwame puts it to the side i was like that looks was like, so good that's a good dinner you should yeah, eat that dinner <laughs> totally um but uh even when he's in that like that's like the final scene with kwame he's in a museum uh an art gallery yeah with with him like enjoying his time but he looks at his phone and he has a text mm-hmm. that says like you're a fucking pig or something yeah and it's from the girl yeah interesting and you're just supposed to be like wow he has to kind of live with this live with that while yeah. he's still kind of trying to move on but how did you feel about his apology when he met up with her and he's like listen this is why what i did was wrong and i'm sorry yeah like that's kind of what he can do right totally i yeah i didn't think that she would be as like i i understood it but also she made a bunch of missteps too well there's there's this whole other thing about like honesty with that character because like on the one hand she is using him like she says very act like they have this whole conversation about like types and she's like like, a racist way absolutely like she she keeps saying like i'm really into black guys she says it a few times right to the point where you're uncomfortable yeah um and so I guess it's like okay to have types or whatever, but like, what about the thing with her hat where she's like embarrassed about how she doesn't like her hair? And like, is that at all a metaphor for like trying to cover up who you are? Maybe not. Maybe that's no. It could, it could be. It seemed like she really couldn't come to grasp grasp grips with the fact that she clearly made missteps in you know what they were saying. Like even no. in a even in a. Uh, like political way. Like yeah. if I was talking to someone and she said, if she was dropping F bombs to me, I would, st- oh, I would yeah. be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's like, a good point. Actually. I forgot that she, that, and that was like, what really, regardless, regardless of whether you're gay or not, yeah. when you hear that, you're like, okay, well, you, we're still spewing hate speech here. Like this that's is not what really that. put off Kwame that she like dropped that. Yeah. And, uh, 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and I think it was that she was like replacing, she was like rapping and, you know, replacing oh, yeah. the N word with a different word. And right. he was like, that's ridiculous. Like, we know that you don't mean it in that way if you're rapping right. along with it, which I still wouldn't do. Especially no, like, like, yeah. But, but I think he was just kind of like calling it silly. Yeah. Which it is silly. But, but like, then she's dropping the, the F bomb. Right. Like in, in a way that she doesn't even realize is hateful. Right. Well, but to that point, like she, she gets so mad about the fact that he's gay, whether or not it's because she feels misled and violated is mm-hmm. kind of irrelevant. But she also like puts black culture on a pedestal. Like the, there's this clear imbalance of like one subjugated group that she has respect for and another that she does not. Yeah. What about Terry? Who's Arabella's other, like really her best friend, her gal yeah. pal, who uh, also like a really good performance from this actress who totally. like doesn't have a lot of her own story. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of important because like she is like quite lacking in confidence. She doesn't really like know if she has a wild side and she really wears as a badge of honor that she had this threesome in Italy. Yeah. And then she finds out upon more meditation, what I could have told her from the beginning, right? which is that these two guys she randomly met, in fact, knew each other and this is their move, but they find a girl to have a threesome with. And, and barely even upon more meditation, but really upon a date with a transgender person yep. that, she didn't realize it was transgender that she's clearly got reservations about yep. and like to let her walls down starts telling this transgender person that she's like, she's no prude because she's had a threesome right. and the transgender person lets her know, no, actually like that seems organized. Like, And also that happened to you. You didn't make that happen. You're not a wild person. Right. Yeah. Um, although they do kind of imply that like she sticks with the transgender yeah. guy because like yeah. in the there's a really going sweet, steady at the end. really sweet final shot of the series is where all the friends are crowded around and watching because she's an actress and she's really been struggling as an actress yeah. and she books this cell phone commercial and right. it's like a really big deal and they all sweetly gather around to watch the commercial and her new boyfriend is there and Kwame's new boyfriend is there and yeah. Theo is there and that's the other gal who yeah. was really interesting in uh-huh. the series. And so was Ben. Let's talk about Ben next. Okay, okay, okay cool. I you're just right. wanted we, to make we, sure we didn't gloss over We have that. to talk about Ben. Yeah. Um. So there is no Theo until halfway through the series mm-hmm. when we get this entire episode where the whole thing is a flashback. Yes. Kayla Cole's not even in it. Right. The whole thing takes place when they're like... In junior high. Yeah, 15 years old. Yeah. And Arabella's not the main character anymore. It's this girl... Theo, yeah, who's like, um, she has a like. I mean, I don't know if we need to get into the details of this of this, but basically, she's like has sex with her boyfriend on school property. He takes pictures of her. Yeah, she gets mad about it, breaks his phone, uh-huh. and then what do the f- photos get around somehow? The photos get around. She also like charges him. She's like, "What? This is wrong." And then. He's like, I guess because the photos like, get around. So she like basically gets ahead of it and she's like, yeah, I, I think it's before I, the photos. I get didn't, around. I didn't consent to those photos. Yeah. Like I, I got, uh, I don't know what the language was, but she basically gets made out to be a liar by the, by her peer group. Yeah. Like, all, and because of her race, that's clearly a factor in it too. That like, because her boyfriend was black, that she accused her black boyfriend of being, uh, uh, a sexual abuser 
yeah. that like Arabella and Terry, who are kids at the time, totally side with the boyfriend. Right. And so there's this rift between Thea, Theo and and the girls. Yeah. And uh, Arabella meets her at like a support group for yeah, sexual it's assault not, survivors. It's not really solved until the support group and she kind of like apologizes. They become friends. For, like, yeah. 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 Although Terry's... Uh, she's hesitant at first. She's definitely yeah. reticent about and, that. And still even toward the end, but it seems like they mend that bridge. So... Ben is Arabella's roommate. Yes. And he's in the show very little. Yeah. Although in the last couple of episodes, he's in it increasingly. Yeah. He's always at home. He's always at in home. In fact, like sometimes she'll be at home and not even realize he's there. And yeah. then he'll like enter the hallway. He's always kind of like checking in on her. And he seems like a really sweet guy. Mm-hmm. And it's notable also that he's the only white guy in the show. Yeah. Consistently. And I want to know if that gave you the same inclination it gave me i suspect it did i th- um i don't know if it did like by the end of it or so i didn't think that this was for sure true because i think it was too easy but because we keep seeing these brief obscured flashes of the guy who raped arabella you were wondering i was like well is it is it ben be. yeah yeah like could it could, like it would be I thought it would be cheap. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like if the lesson is it could be someone you know, it right. could be someone you're close with, which is true. Yeah. Then I guess I get where they're coming from. And so they're playing him as this really nice guy. And like right up until the end, it really seemed to me, and I decided like about two thirds of the way through, there's just no way it's bad. Yeah, right. Um, but I do believe it was red herring. I do believe they wanted you to think that. I think so. Yeah. I, and I think the importance of that is the fact that she like ends up like hugging him and like hanging out with him in the end. Well, being and, like, yeah, you know, it, he, where he could be the most obvious person to hate, mm-hmm. they're still kind of like good in the world. And he doesn't do anything wrong. Like he. No. And by the way, to, like to be clear, he's not. He's not guilty. He's just a sweet guy. And they're just so. Um, reserved and conservative with what they tell you about him. Yeah. L- allowing you to create this whole character out of him, totally. which I think is amazing. So like even, even what, like watching a video on loneliness, just briefly, we see him like when he is alone, he watches a video that's clearly like inspired by his, his mental health. And so like, I wondered like, is he also um like a victim of some kind of trauma or like like what right. he's clearly later in the episode he says a bunch of times you know me i don't i don't go out much like right. he's clearly afraid of the world he's got right. he's got his own things and and kwame um mentions ben at one point when he's like yeah this guy like he wanted to like give me food he's like he's just like like i don't know why like he's so nice yeah like, he's he's like he's kind of reminds me of ben yeah like, ben's just like nice and and ben's like you're nice too right and he's like no man no i'm nice to you yeah yeah Yeah. he's like but i'm not nice right but he is nice yeah and then terry actually the one who's kind of not nice do you think at that point yeah i think like just like with what she did with like theo yeah you're right she was really reluctant about Theo. i mean but she's the one who's like no we are nice we're goals yes yeah but (laughs) but ben's the one who's kind of like reserved about it he's kind of the moral compass of the show well and also even like, when even when they do the toilet video oh yeah the toilet video Ben's the one like don't the thing do is it. he's not really part of their friend group he's no, he's, he's a roommate kind of buds but he's just kind of there and it's not because he's not invited like arabella invites him and he always says no yeah 
but he's just kind of dealing with his own sad stuff. And mm-hmm. then there's a couple episodes in Italy. I didn't really like the first episode in Italy because it really felt like it was diverting from the story. Totally. And then I realized that that's really not what the kind of sh- the kind of show it is. Like I should just go with it. Yeah. But the idea is that just before she was assaulted, uh, she had this hookup with this uh, Italian drug, drug lord. Drug lord. Yeah. Like he has a mansion in Italy. And she really likes him. And so after she's uh, sexually assaulted, she has to contact him again and basically say, you need to go report your DNA so that when we do DNA tests, we know it's not yours. Right. We basically have to like distinguish our DNA. Yeah. And so that's that in itself is this huge pain in the ass for him. And he victim blames her. Totally. And like he's not nice. And then she's at a particular low moment many months later and she goes to Italy mm-hmm. and shows up at his house, breaks into his house yeah. unannounced, and he hates that she's there. Yep. He tricks her. He locks her out. She kicks in his door, and he basically has to get Pulls his... Pulls a gun on He her. has to get his gun to get her to leave. Yeah. And so she, that was a dark moment. She sprints out, sleeps on a beach, wakes oh, up, yeah. and kind of just like runs into the ocean. Uh, And then there's the end of the show. Yeah. Which was I like best final episode i think like wow i've never seen like a more kind of climactic episode while at the same time wrapping everything up the way that it should kind of be wrapped up leaving it obscure enough but i love an ambiguous ending Mm -hmm. it is too and so what happens is in the end of the penultimate episode they're back at the bar where the incident happened yeah and she looks through the window and she sees a white guy that she recognizes yeah and immediately everything floods back to her and she knows that's the guy and she remembers how it happened and she, yeah, that's what, and so like we pick up immediately in the final episode <clears throat> and she's formulating a plan for how to get even. And interestingly, I always thought this was a revenge show a la Promising Young Woman. Right. And this and a la The Name. Well, exactly. And so this first act of the final episode is exactly like Promising Young Woman. And yeah. they have like a plan, like an elaborate scheme mm-hmm. to trick him in his guilt. And so they roofie him in return right and they find him on the sidewalk because after he's passed out eventually. he took her underwear and they had to get her underwear back and so uh and then they murder him yeah but then and she takes the body home and puts it under her bed and, and completes writing her novel and that's one ending for her book right and then it flashes back to the garden so at this point you don't know if she's actually gone to the bar and seen this or if she's just kind of remembered it while in being in the fact, garden it kind of ben. forces you to like wonder what any of you've been watching has yeah, been, had been real what was in mind and but you but real. she's like workshopping yeah. different endings for her book and so probably that's not the right one and so in the next one mm-hmm. um what happens in the next one i guess she agree she's gonna like she and terry are going to get roofied intentionally but they're gonna do enough coke <laughs> yeah. that she, that she which, won't fall asleep which was maybe the funniest part of the show it was crazy. And so like then she confronts him. <laughs> She's listening to Prodigy. I'm the fire starter. <laughs> she confronts him and he basically gets very aggressive and scary. And then mm. it kind of becomes clear that he's also a victim of abuse. And that's why he does this. And it has a total meltdown. He becomes the frigging Joker. It's a, a really quite the performance from a guy who is not in the show totally. otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> and so she brings him back to her room just like to comfort him and then they call the police terry had called the cops and he has to go back to jail because he's been in jail for and this he's before like, don't leave me and yeah. so this is one other possible ending 
And in another one, an even weirder one. Yeah. She the roof- weirdest one. She roofies him. The weirdest one for a, a number of reasons. And then they go back and she like is enacting male sexual roles and yeah like they wake up and it's tender and right. then he just walks out after like a nice night together and it was daytime in the bar and they were the only ones in the bar right and terry yeah. and the partner for whatever reason and so and and, and th- so yeah the the dude walks out and the the murdered guy that she stuffs under the bed walks out too and so and then i wondered like the weird thing for me the thing that like kind of messed with me was that there wasn't a third walking out that door he had already been arrested i know he'd already been arrested but it was just like there's no symbolism symmetry would be nice if all three of them symmetry is the exact right word yeah and i guess the on the nose message there is none of these really happened Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter what kind of revenge or what kind of future engagement we have with this question mark of a person who attacked her yeah the point is he needs to get out of her bedroom Right. right? We need to move on. Right. And so I guess that's what she decides that in some way by finishing the book, yep. however she does, mm-hmm. she gains closure and she replaces the trauma with the triumph. And rather than in the three alternate stories where she asks Ben what's going on, he's like, you going bar watching tonight? And she's like, yeah, I am. You know, I go there every weekend. Right. Um, He says, you going bar watching tonight? And she's like, no. Just gonna hang here. Let's hang together, kind of thing. Right, and they hug. Yeah, yeah. It was a good ending. It was a really good ending. Like I gotta say, that last episode salvaged a lot for me. The, so you struggled a little bit. A little bit. It was. It was fatty. There's there so much going on. It, I think it could have been ten episodes instead of twelve. But I, I, it probably could have been. Yeah. But then you kind of wonder what it would have looked like. Like maybe maybe the getting taken all over the place is part of the reward of the ending. Yeah, probably. Like when she's opening bathroom stalls and one of them it's them as kids and in one of them it's like the woman who was also in the waiting room yeah. when she got the abortion. Yeah. Yes, I said abortion. Like that was a thing also in the show. Right, <laughs> right. That, and that was one of the first four episode things. Yeah. Forgot about yeah, that There's too. so much in the show. But yeah. like, see what I mean? Like we haven't talked about Simon at all. Like Simon didn't need to be in this show. No. And like I think there was like a question mark of how he may have been complicit in her endangerment. And then there's the whole story about her parents mm-hmm. and the dad kind of like messing around and you're like Well, she was misled by it. Like so she's yeah. she's like a thirty four year old woman and she right. still believed until like in, in this episode where it happens, she still believed that her parents were married but lived in different houses. Right. And so like, and then she has this flashback to a memory she had blocked out where she came face to face with her dad's mistress. Right. And it completely disrupts her understanding of what a family is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it makes you wonder like, man, what if this was real? Like what, is this just the way her imagination works? Like was there a couple core things that were true? And then like, I'm sure the sexual trauma was true. Yeah, can you imagine writing this show and, and not, and having, not having had that experience? Yeah. That would be so presumptuous. And also, she's a writer who probably deals with deadlines. And, and it seems like right. the book that she publishes in the end is probably a little bit based on her experience. Right. And so, like, there's probably, like, a meta quality to what we're watching. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but wow, what an absolute, like, like mind dump. 
yeah. of a show. Like yeah. in the in the sense that she like must have poured out thoughts. Like imagine how many sticky notes she had in her room for this show. Totally. Yeah. I know. Well, we just talked about it a lot, and I'm sure I could say more. It was a crazy ride. And I don't I don't think I'll ever need to watch it again. You know how I like rewatch things I love? Yeah, it's not a comfort it, show. It wasn't a comfort oh man, it was a tough watch, <laughs> and I have to imagine it would be triggering for some people. Yeah, I would I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, one of those shows where you, you've mentioned it before, where it's like, it's important to show those kind of views. And yes. this did it in a way that, you know, a la the Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like first episode where I was like, it was kind of a, it was overkill. This I don't think was overkill. Like it was no. like a, a tasteful way of, you know, putting a lot out there. No, no, that, that's exactly right. And so, and because of that, I guess it's not fatty at all. Everything is very important mm. to the artistic integrity of the piece, yeah. which is is very sturdy and and valuable. Yeah, um, it's just not what I thought it was. I like no. I, I and I knew that it was dark, and I knew what the core uh, theme was, but I thought that it was like a detective show. And I thought, yeah, I kind of <laughs> thought it was more of a comedy. Oh yeah, no. Like I thought there was more of a humor to you know what one of, of the best laughs in twelve episodes was what uh, in the first um, interstitial about like how the book could end when they're following him and he's like tripping out because they've uh, they've drugged him yeah and <laughs> they're like how do you know it, it, the drugs have even taken effect and they're like and then they get a wide shot of like three feet away from him yeah because like, he can't hear us talking we're ten feet behind him yeah. he can't hear us and they're very very close. that was a good laugh yeah. you're right it's not a comedy. No, there, there there were a few things, and I think that's why I liked the last like two episodes the most. Yeah. It was because there, it was maybe the most kind of like humorous dealing with the darkest stuff. It'd be really interesting to see if she has, if the next two years for her are like the last two years for Phoebe Waller-Bridge, where suddenly mm. she's this household name, and like she gets development deals, and she gets a Star Wars movie, and like right. all kinds of like st- um, Star Wars, I I think she was actually in a Star Wars movie. But that's why I, I think she was briefly in Rise of Skywalker. That's why I said that. But I guess I meant James Bond movie slash Indiana Jones. And, yeah. Um, are we going to make her an A-list celebrity now? Or is she? are we going to wait? Is she going to disappear for a while like in her Emmy speech and come back in six years with another great HBO show? Yeah. I don't. I got to watch her <laughs> Emmy speech now. It's good. It's like nice. 60 seconds and it was like the best speech of the Emmys. No way. Yeah. Okay. Cool. It's just very good. So what's interesting about the existence of this show is that previous to it, she had a series called Chewing Gum on Netflix. Yeah. And so Chewing on Netflix. Gum. Netflix. Yeah. Chewing Gum has the unique um, uh, honor of being a Netflix original that is now no longer on Netflix. Okay. And so what happened was she went away. She came back and she made I Will Destroy You. And she's like, well, I have a relationship with Netflix. It'll go there. And they wouldn't give her full creative control. They wanted to be able to edit it and do stuff to it. And she didn't want that. And so uh-huh. she walked away from like a like a multi-million dollar deal sure. to do yeah. another show at Netflix. And she found a home at HBO, which was smart. But to spite her, they removed chewing gum. Oh, wow. But can you find chewing gum anywhere now? No. Huh. It's gone. Be interesting to see what that would be like. Yeah. It seems like kind of like shorts. Isn't that what you would want to call a show that just kind of has like short little like anthological? Yeah, yeah, maybe bits chewing. I don't, I've never even thought about what it is. I remember huh. the thumbnail. Oh yeah, yeah, huh? Yeah, we should try to find it. Okay, do a deep dive on it. Anyway, um, do you give it your S now? I yeah, I do. Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. Like it, uh, it paid off, and like I kind of shut the laptop at the end. Went like that was 
really good. I like, kind of there think, was a a lot there. I kind of think if you force yourself to watch anything all the way through, it'd be hard not to give it your s. Like, because like, why did you keep watching it? I it's mean, a good point. We I had mean, homework, so we had to. But like, what were the chances I was going to watch six hours of this and go? I hated it. Thank God it's over. I, but I honestly, at the same time, with something like Squid Game, I don't know if I give it my ass after okay. like watching it. Like you kind of shut it and you go, like that's dumb. Like you don't get anything from which there's a bunch of shows, obviously, that you don't get anything from watching it. But no, that's especially like. Well, we chose this knowing that like we the, were probably the odds were in our favor for we were going to see what's of a high caliber about it. Like when. You gave me Watchmen and I gave you normal people. That's like right. even if it's not necessarily the thing for you, like you how miss- could you walk away from having seen the whole thing and not go, Oh, that's a good show? Yeah. And, and you did mispronounce normal people, by the way. Nar- you normal people? N- narm- a, normal people. Normal people. I'm reading her new book. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Sally Rooney. Normal people. Nar- normal <laughs> it's a people. Nar- <laughs> uh okay. Uh so that's our podcast. Uh Will Smith wanted to kill his dad for a while and then he decided not to do that. Is that right? Yeah, that's the thing this week. So the Will, the the memoir is yeah. coming out soon, and that's one of the dishy scoops that's come out ahead of it. Man, uh, rife time for Never Trust Will Smith news. I'm going to have to read this book and just like highlight a bunch of Never Trust Will Smiths. <laughs> so we have them in the canister forever. So a big thing, too, like he finally, I think, admitted that his he was in an open relationship. And yep. like there's something about Tupac and Jada... And the internet has kind of been like going after Will Smith for oh. like, like in in the way that they kind of go after Drake for like being soft. Like yeah. there's like a picture of like Jada straddling Tupac and it, uh, 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 on top, like, like hugging kind of straddling. Okay. And, and it just says like, take the picture, Will, like really kind of like minimizing Will's. I guess oh. sort of yeah. This is what the internet is doing. Well, right it's fine if they're if it's fine if they're in an open relationship, but there also seems to be this need to publicize that they're hurt by, by their own decision to be in a public relationship. Yeah. Like they always want to start be reminded that they like betray each other and stuff. Well, yeah, there's an- it's th- so confusing. There's another thing that like anytime Will, cause I think Jada said that. So like anytime Will is like, you know, peaceful. Jada's just like screaming on a rooftop about her hooking up with Tupac or something. It seems like, yeah. that way. Yeah. And so it's actually not funny the thing about about the dad. Like I guess the dad was violent and an alcoholic, and so Oof. he wanted he briefly considered, as he says in the book, uh, killing his dad mm-hmm. to avenge his mother. Uh, and given that he was one of the most famous actors in the world, he would get away with it. Right. So he actually had this fantasy while he was a famous person. Wow. So I mean that's pretty easy not to trust Will Smith. Yeah, you just go he right was all to it. Jacked up about Independence Day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's why you never trust Will Smith. Never trust Will Smith. <laughs> trust Michaela Cole. Totally. She did a good job. Watch, I will destroy you, y'all. Oh, why did why is the show called may that? Destroy. I, I I I may destroy you. Like that's that's I, a thing that I couldn't get out of my head. Like obviously mm. that that seems like the title of a revenge show and it ultimately has nothing to do. The you, the titular you is absolutely not her attacker. No, I think it might be like, like all of the obstacles yeah. may destroy you. And whether the I is that predator, the book guy, the herself, trauma itself, yeah. her thoughts. Yeah all of the things her friends are dealing with her friends wondering if it's her friends the paranoia around that yeah i think all of those things are like something or maybe it's i may destroy 
you know, this thought in my mind that keeps haunting me. Right. Maybe it's that. I don't know. Oh, that's kind of cool. I actually really like that. I may have to destroy this previous version of me. It's yeah. not working. Yeah. That's nice. I was surprisingly good in like English with symbolism. <laughs> I don't think that's like surprising that. at all. Okay, good. No. That makes me happy. Good, good. Uh, all right. Never trust Will Smith. Never trust Will Smith. Bye. Peace.